So yeah, good evening everyone, welcome to Disciple. Um, I'm really excited about these next four weeks and what we can learn together. Um, I don't know about you, but there's something really special about these equip weeks that we've been doing. So we did the first one on prophetic and awaken a couple of years back. And then we did one belong on the whole issue of diversity last year. And there's something about these periods of taking a break from normal church life and being together, which just allows us to hear from God and get inspired. So I'm hoping that that's going to be the case over the next four weeks. And as we kick off the series tonight, um, I want to talk about a topic of identity, all right? And you might be thinking, that's a weird way to start a course on discipleship and sharing your faith, but hopefully it'll come a little bit clearer as we go on this evening, all right? Because let me give you a bit of background. So a few weeks ago, we were planning what these um, evenings would look like, and we gathered a whole load of people together on Zoom to chat about what a discipleship course could look like. And we all kind of brainstormed and shared ideas. And part of that Zoom meeting was Ben, who's just spoke to us there, and uh, was Shirley. And they had this amazing conversation during the um, evening, which went a little bit like this. So Ben said, as he said tonight, I'm not great at reaching out. Uh, sometimes I feel scared and I'm not really sure what to say. I'm not the best at sharing my faith, just as he said tonight. And that was a relief for me to hear because that's something that I've felt a lot over my life as well. Like I'm naturally quite shy and obviously I'm not the coolest and most gregarious person ever. I'm sure you all know that if you know me. So I often think I can't be used by God. And that's a really common standpoint for a lot of people. So I was kind of resonating with what Ben was saying. And then Shirley responded with some absolute wisdom, which went something like this. She said, well, we need to be secure in our identity in God. It's him working through us, which is important. And we need to be secure in our identity before we can think about reaching out. And for me, it was like a, a light bulb moment. Because I think this is something which is vitally, vitally important as we kick off our four weeks together. Before we talk about anything practically about sharing our faith and how to be frontline people, it's really important that we take the first evening to ground this and look at who God has called us to be and then move on to what he's called us to do. Because without knowing who we are, what we do is almost pointless. Right? Without knowing who we are, what we do is almost pointless. See, as people, like one thing is pretty clear. We can often have a bit of an identity crisis. Our identity affects every part of our lives. And what we think about ourselves and the opinion that we have of ourselves can affect every part of our lives. And people can get their identity from a number of different places. Like one of the most common places to get your identity is from the opinion of others. We'll form our identity based on what other people think of us. Like, if people think that I'm beautiful, then that makes me feel good. So then I'll always make sure that I am beautiful so that I'll feel good. I'll put my identity in being beautiful. I'll put on a whole load of makeup and I'll dress in a certain way. Like, we form our identity based on what people say about us. 
this is something which I experienced firsthand growing up. Uh, a lot of you know my story. I had a bit of a tough time growing up. And you know, I was told every day as a child that I was worthless and that I was a burden and um, I was um, not, not a good person. And you know what? I grew up believing that I was worthless and that I was a burden. I formed my identity on based on what someone else thought of me. So that's one way we can form our identity based on what other people think. The other really common way of forming our identity is by looking in at ourselves and trying to find our true self, okay? This is another really common thing that the world says. It says your identity is formed by how you feel and what you think about yourself. You should do and be what makes you happy and don't let anyone else take that away from you. You are who you are. And it's a nice message on the surface, isn't it? Like, it's very Disney, isn't it? You know, look inside and be who you are meant to be. But if you dig a little bit deeper, that's actually a bit of a scam, isn't it? Because we can't just do what makes us happy or be who we feel like because our feelings change and our thoughts are sometimes a little bit crazy, aren't they? Like our identity can't be formed just on our own opinion because what happens if our opinion changes? Suddenly we end up without an identity. As Christians, being a follower of Jesus is about knowing what he says about you and living in that. It's about hearing and being confident in the identity given to you by Jesus. And I want to talk about that tonight and just ground that tonight because everything that we do as a disciple, everything that we do as a follower of Jesus needs to come out of that true understanding of our identity. And let me just say, all right, I think it's easy to know our identity on paper. It's easy to know what Jesus says about us on paper, but it isn't always as, as easy for us to experience it. It's not always as easy for us to, to, to live in the reality of that. What I mean by that is that we can all say, oh, you know, this is how God sees me. Or God says I'm a masterpiece. But is that our experience in our day to day? Can I truly look in the mirror and say that and truly believe that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made or that I'm a child of God? Because if we don't live out our, our true identity in God, if we don't experience it in our day to day, then we'll face disappointment. Let me give you an example. See, what if my identity was formed by how good I am at telling people about Jesus? Like, on the surface, that seems pretty logical, doesn't it? Like, I, you know, I'm a, a leader of a church, I work for churches, what I do, I, I tell people about Jesus. And that's quite a logical standpoint. But what happens then after 12 years of telling my mum about Jesus and she still isn't saved? Or what happens if my closest friends don't take the gospel seriously? suddenly I feel like a failure. I feel terrible. So I give up sharing the gospel because I'm clearly not good at it. I'm clearly not good at what I'm made to do. So suddenly I go quiet and I feel rubbish and my identity suffers. Do you see what happens? See, one of the biggest barriers to us being everyday missionaries is not understanding who we actually are. 
Let me give you another one, okay? So if my identity was being liked, what if that was um, what my identity was formed in, being the perfect example of a Christian? What do I do then when someone doesn't like me? Or when I mess up and have a bad day and act as a bad example of a Christian? What happens then to my identity? Or it could be something else. What if my identity is formed in being a good parent? Well, what do I then do when I go to the park with my kids and they start hitting and biting other children? Speaking from experience, of course. Look, when we look for our identity in the wrong thing, a barrier is formed and suddenly we feel like we can't be used by God. Now, look, if you think I'm laboring this point, that is a good thing. I am laboring this point because it is very, very important, okay? This has to be the starting point for these four weeks. If not, it's all pretty pointless. Look, living in our identity is important. Let me just give you a couple of biblical examples to, to help us kind of ground this. First of all, we see this amazing story in Luke 10 of Jesus sending out the 72 into the world. And the 72 go out into the world and they see all sorts of amazing things happen. They see people healed, they see demons cast out, and they see like all sorts of crazy stuff. And they, they come running back and they're like, Jesus, Jesus, like, check out these amazing things that have happened. Like, we've literally seen demons cast out of people. Like, they're so excited. And Jesus responds with this amazing line in verse 20. He says, do not rejoice that the, that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. In other words, rejoice in the fact that I've given you an identity. Don't base your self-worth on what you do. It's much deeper than that. Base it on what God says about you. And that's the important thing. It's not what you do. It's who you are. It's what God says about you. And it's only his voice that matters. Jesus is saying that really clearly. Well, this next one, this is from Romans, uh, book of Romans chapter two. This is Paul writing a letter this time and he's speaking to some Jewish believers uh, in Rome. And like, he's literally just told them, he said like, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Like you, you, you all sin, all right? And um, these Jewish guys are like, no, 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 it's okay though, because we've been circumcised. Like we're God's special people. That's what's important to us. Like people will recognize that. Like that's our identity. We're God's chosen people. But then at the end of chapter 2 and verse 29, Paul corrects that and says, no, no, actually, this is what it means to be a believer. This is what it means to be a disciple. It's something much deeper. It's circumcision of the heart. It's being set apart in an inward way. And he goes on to say that uh, this true believer, such a person this true believer, their praise is not from other people, but is from God. Basically, Paul's saying that one of the marks of a true believer is that we focus on what God says. True believers focus on his voice and his opinion rather than the things of this world. And they form their identity on that it's deep stuff, isn't it? It's deep stuff. Let me give you one more. This time, look at Peter writing in the book of 1 Peter, chapter 3. He's writing to persecuted Christians, those facing um, hardship and difficulties. 
and they're being mocked and they're being badly spoke of by other people and in that culture this would have been a cause of real shame these guys will be feeling shame but Peter's advice to these guys is to listen to God's voice and not the world around them he says in verse 14 if you should suffer remember you are blessed even if you're going through the most difficult time remember what I say about you and I say that you are blessed listen it's only God's opinion that matters that is the foundation that we need to build from as believers before we can think about being everyday missionaries before we can think about reaching out we need to be confident in the fact that only God's voice matters only God's opinion matters only our God-given identity matters that is the place we should build from and that leads to an important question I want to leave uh, I want to give you tonight whose voice are you listening to are you listening to the world or the enemy or yourself or your circumstances is that defining you are you forming your identity based on that or are you listening to what God says about you I know many times in my life I've thought I've listened to other things and not God and it's just led me to some difficult places how do we find out what our identity is so See, our identity as Christians is, as I've said, what God says about us. It's not based on how we feel or how we act or what our circumstances are. It's based on what Christ has already done for us. Okay, this is really important because our identity comes from a physical act that has already happened. Yeah, this means that nothing can change what God says about us from being true. Our identity is based on a finished work. As it says in Romans 5, our identity is based on being in Christ. A few years ago in Jubilee, I remember doing a really helpful series on this where we explored all sorts of statements about our identity in Christ. You know, in Christ, I am forgiven. In Christ, I'm a child of God. In Christ, I'm free. In Christ, I'm adopted. In Christ, I'm loved. In Christ, I'm victorious. We explored a whole load of these statements looking at what our identity is. And the thing about our identity is this, it's that we don't have to wait until we feel it to believe it. We believe what God says about us and then we grow to feel it sometimes. We believe that we're secure. We believe that we're loved. We believe that we're accepted and we live in that confidence even if we don't always feel it even when our, our reality suggests otherwise. And the way to do this, the way to really understand your identity is to have an awareness of what God says about you. And the way to do that is to read your Bible regularly. Like, it's not like we have to sit around and think, hmm, I wonder what God says about me. I wonder what God thinks my identity is. God tells us in the Bible. He already tells us what our identity is. He already tells us what, uh, who we are in him. The answers are already there. They're in the Bible. You need to learn to meditate on verses. Learn where to go in your Bible to find out what God says about you. Learn to let some of these verses sink into your life. I'm God's workmanship. I'm in Christ. 
I'm adopted. Reading the Bible and knowing what it says, it's just so, so important. That's a, one of the key ways to really grasp what your identity is. Listen, it's also really important to pray. Thank God for what he says about you. Remind yourself that you're forgiven, that you're a masterpiece, that you've been given a purpose. Remind yourself of these things and then pray them over yourself. You know, pray them over yourself. Just say, thank you, God, that I am a masterpiece. Thank you, God, that I am in Christ. But also pray against some of the lies that you believe about yourself. Like speak against some, like I reject these lies and I choose to, choose to believe what God says about me. Similarly, when you're praying for others, get into the habit of starting by thanking God for who they are, thanking God for how he's created them. It's a really good starting point when it comes to praying for someone. So reading the Bible and prayer are both vital in ensuring that we're constantly living out our Christian identity. Another way is by singing as well. Okay, this is a bit of a lesson for my wife here, but I think God does something powerfully when we sing. When we open our mouths and sing truths about who he says about us, that is so important. That can do something to us, I think. So sing worship songs. Make yourself a playlist of songs that really speak about this truth um, of what God says about you. You know, I'm chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. Find these songs and sing them regularly. Just really helpful reminders every day about who God says that you are. Listen, I think the key thing in all of this is to learn to hear God's voice louder than any other voice. Often we hear all sorts of things shouting at us, whether it's doubt or fear or what people say about us, or what society says, whatever it is, we need to learn to hear God's voice louder than all of that. And what's the result of that? What's the result of knowing our identity? Well, suddenly we have freedom. And over the coming weeks, we're going to be looking at what it means to be everyday missionaries, what it means to um, impact our front lines on a day-to-day -day basis. And as I've said, having a true understanding of our identity gives us the perfect place to start from. Suddenly, our ability to act as an example for Jesus is no, um, no longer a reflection on our identity. If we mess up, it doesn't change who we are. If we're rejected, it doesn't change what God says about us. If we don't have all of the answers, as Ben said earlier tonight, it doesn't change who we are in Christ. Suddenly we know and we're secure that actually we can do our bit. We can go out and we can reach our front lines. And despite the result, despite what happens, despite whether this person responds or not, we are still secure in who we are. One of our Jubilee values is that we rejoice. And I want us to have that focus tonight, rejoicing in on who God says we are and what God says about us. I've talked long enough. Thanks so much for listening, everyone.